Today is Resurrection Sunday, and um, in my mind, I'm, I'm sort of, during worship, I'm back in Mississippi and listening to the old songs of the old days <laughs> as, we're, as we're worshiping today, you know, because he lives, you know, you know, because he lives, because he lives. There are a bunch of dead folks who said they were God, <laughs> but they never rose from the dead. They didn't. We serve the risen Savior. Amen. We serve the risen, the risen Savior. How great is our God? How great is our God? The songs that used to sing about, you know, you go to the, the grave is empty. Empty. I mean, there's no residue, no bones, no blood, no hair that fell out. Everything that could have been in that grave is gone because he totally rose from that. And because he rose from the dead, I can rise from the dead. Hallelujah. Everything in my life can rise from the dead. Everything that's dead and broken, everything that doesn't even look right, doesn't smell right, it looks like it's over. God can lift me out of that, and that's what this day is about. Amen. 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 You can be seated. So, um, today... I want to talk to you. I want to. I want to talk to you about something, but it's a little bit different than what I do every year. Typically, on Resurrection Sunday, I talk about the resurrection from the kingdom point of view. God told me to do something different today, but before I do that, before I do that, I want to tell you what we believe, just in case you're wondering. Just in case you're wondering what we believe here at Ambassadors Worship Center, we believe that in the beginning of the world, according to Genesis one that God made a world that was perfect and he called it his kingdom. He put Adam in control of that world. Adam was the leader there. We believe that Adam lost his leadership in Genesis 3, that he abdicated it by sin and not really realizing who he was in God. We also believe that God prophesied that Adam would be restored. Adam would be restored. There would come a savior, the Bible says in Isaiah. There would come a Savior who would set everything right. He would put us back in righteousness. He would restore Adam. Literally, he would die for our sins. This is prophecy of the Savior. We believe that that Savior's name is Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, in many ways that you can pronounce his name, we believe that Jesus Christ was prophesied and that he came in the New Testament in Matthew. He was born by a virgin. He was born from a virgin girl who was married but had not been touched in that way. So he is both God and man. He is both God and man. We believe that he had to die. He had to die to redeem us. However, the way he died was a bit tragic. He was betrayed. He was also denied. And he was sold for 30 pieces of silver. He was arrested and eventually judged to die, which was his judgment, which was also the reason he came. He died on a cross. He was not just, he didn't just die on a cross. He was crucified on a cross. He was crucified on that cross and he was put in a grave to pay for our sins, to pay for our transgressions, to pay for what we have done and what we could do in the future. The blood never fails. It never loses its power. Amen. And as long as I'm relying on that blood, I have redemption from sin. I can come back to God. I can come back to him in any way and at any time and be redeemed. 
Hallelujah. It is said that he stayed in that grave for three nights. He stayed in that grave for three nights. And on the third night, because, the, because Pilate said, let's put a guard there because he said he'd rise in three days. If he did not rise, he would be no different from every other person who said they represented God. But on the third day, an angel came down and touched his body, and he rose from the dead. In that instant, everything that I had done, everything that you had done was forgiven because now we have his blood, which is the biggest sacrifice that anyone can give. This is not, but this is not chicken blood or or ox blood, or goat blood. This is the blood of the only reigning king of the universe. He is king of all. Amen? So that blood, that sacrifice paid for everything. Wow, I'm trying not to get stuck here. It paid for everything. There is not anything it can't pay for. So my sins are forgiven, but the other thing that happened that day when he rose from the dead, he restored my dominion back to me. Instantly, I became who Adam was. The idea of Adam in Eden is now available to me. We believe that. We believe that because it's what the Bible teaches. He now, he now, because he saved us from our sins, he also told us, go into all power has been given unto me. So he rose with what? Come on, we got to have some church people in here. He rose with where? So he rose with all power. In his hands, all authority in heaven, in earth, and beneath. Then he said these words, I'm giving you my power, so go. Go and preach this gospel of the kingdom to the entire world. So that's our calling. We're restored to that dominion to live in that power in the earth. You still with me? Just a couple more things. So now we preach this glorious kingdom into all the world. I believe, I believe that after he preached for 40 days, the Bible says in Acts, that he ascended into the heavens. Whatever you call the heavens, if it's ethereal to you, if it's fourth dimension, depending upon how much you study the Bible, he went to the invisible place. He went into the heavens, and we also believe that one day a trumpet will sound. One day a trumpet will sound, and all of us will meet him in the air. We will meet him in the air according to the scripture. Am I going too fast? We will meet him in the air according to scripture, and we will be made perfect in him again. Hallelujah. In the moment and in a... It's good to be with some church folks this morning. In a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. Bat your eye, girl. Bat your eye, girl, with them, them eyelashes on. Back. Just like that, just like that, We will be caught up with him in the middle of the air. We will be changed, and we will live forever with him. But according to Scripture, which most people don't tell you, you are not going to heaven to stay. You are going to heaven. You're going to heaven. You're going to be there for what they call the great white throne judgment. You'll get your your crowns. You'll get all of your well-dones. You'll get all that stuff. But according to Revelation 21 and 22, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that's going to be created. There's... Everything that was here from Adam, bless the Lord, Nebraska, it's going to be restored to 72.5 degrees (laughs) year-round. Bless his name. Everything on earth is going to be restored. There won't be any sin. There won't be any hatred. There won't be any haters. There won't be any jealousy. There won't be be anything that drags. There won't be any depression. None of that is going to be in this new place. Hallelujah. And then it says we're going to dwell with him forever. 
there. He will be the light of the city. You won't need the sun or the moon. There will be no time. There will be, you won't need no money. You'll buy without money. You'll live in this perfect place forever. Bless his name. Let's go eat some chicken. That is what we believe. Somebody shout to me. Hallelujah. That is what we believe. However, that is not what I'm supposed to teach today. <laughs> if he really rose from the dead, and if the kingdom is real, how is he working in my life now? What is he doing in my life now? And just in case, just in case someone or anyone came here or anyone is watching me on the internet, just in case you just see Jesus rising, I want you to know and understand, he got up so that you could get up. He rose so that you could rise. So my title today is this. <laughs> my title today is Arise. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. You may think it's over, but I'm telling you, it's not over yet. You may feel like it's done. You may feel like it's complete. You may, you may feel like God's not answering you. You may feel like nothing else is going to happen, and you're simply living out the rest of your life. But I'm telling you, God is doing something. I want to use this story for you, and I'm going I'm to read through it quickly. I want to talk to you from Lazarus. This story here on Resurrection Day. Say it. He didn't just get up. It's time for me to get up. Look at your neighbor and say, get up, get on up. Okay, it's, it's, it's time for all of us to get up. It's really, it's really not just about him getting up. It's really not just, that's the gospel. That's the, that's the good news. But the other side of the coin is the reason he got up is so I could. And if I don't see this day for what it is, I'll just shout, look good, go take some selfies because I fixed myself up. I got my, my kids some new shoes. My hair is done. It's Easter. I'm here with my mom and them. I'm not coming back to Christmas, so she better get her picture today. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not hating. You're, you're welcome here anytime. I don't care if you come once a year. We love you around here, praise God. Okay. This is from Lazarus. Can I read it quickly? Then I got a couple questions for you. Got a couple questions for you. Now a certain, read it with me. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent saying, Lord, behold. He whom you, you got to underline that. He whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, what? But for the glory of God, that the Son of God, come on now. Now Jesus loved and her sister. What now? They, they, he loved them. Okay. Now Jesus loved Martha her sister and Lazarus. Keep reading. So when he heard, in the place where he was, doesn't make sense. Then after this, 
Say, tell your neighbor, sometimes when Jesus loves you, he'll stay where he's at for a while. <laughs> Hang on, I'm coming. Watch this now, 14. Then Jesus said to them, I'm skipping a few verses. Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He said earlier he's sleep. Now he says Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Why? Nevertheless, I'm glad I wasn't there for your sakes that I was not there, that you may God would do anything to grow your belief. I know it ain't right, but he'll do it. I know it doesn't feel right, but he'll do it. Nevertheless, now we can go. Let's go to him. It's two days later. Let's go sh let God show out. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb how long? Four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and, and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. I ain't going out there. I called him. He ain't come. Now y'all telling me he walking up the road, him and his boys. Him and his disciples coming down the road. My brother been in the grave four days. I called for him. John Brown it. He was only two miles away. <laughs> he was two miles away. You can walk that. You can walk them two miles in an hour. <laughs> Watch this now. What did she say? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now. If you ask God, I know, I know God will do what you tell him to do. Jesus said to her, listen to his words, your brother, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, look, I, I understand what you're saying, Jesus. I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said to her, listen to me now. Put this in your notes. You don't understand, sweetheart. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, and whoever lives and believes in me shall. Do you believe this? The next verse, I didn't put it in here, but the next verse, she got up and ran to go get her sister. She said, I believe it. This is crazy, but I believe it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, she wept. And the Jews who came with her weeping. He groaned. This is a groaning of anger and indignation. He asked the question, where have you laid him? Where have you laid him? They said, Lord, we'll show you where we've laid him. He says, the next words he says to them, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, 
Father, I'm just going to pray because they need to see the ritual of prayer. Okay, this is what he said. Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because they don't understand our relationship. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now when he had said these things, what did he do, y'all? What did he cry? And he who had died came out bound, hands and foot with grave clothes, and his face. And then Jesus said to them, loose, that's the whole story right there. Skip quite a few verses, but that's the whole story. Here's my questions I have for you. Because they're questions you've been asking. Some of these questions, because you love God, you would not ask them out loud. You don't feel comfortable asking them out loud because there might be trepidation in your own heart when you verbalize what you're thinking. Here's a question. Is this thing I'm going through going to kill me? Is what's happening to me in my life, what I'm going through, what I'm suffering, the situation I'm dealing with that will not go away, is it going to take me out? Jesus says these words. What's happening to you is not a death sentence. Where you are right now is not going to last always. Talk to me. Whatever situation you're in, it will pass. You're going to come through this. What he said is, this sickness is not till death. This thing that's happening in your mind, in your body, in your relationships, on your job, whatever you're doing, whatever is happening to you, it is not going to last forever. There is a, rid there is a risen Savior that's in your world right now who knows how to make things that are dead alive again. Are y'all okay? Are you really okay? It's not going to kill you. It's not fatal. So don't make it fatal. Don't take yourself out till you get to see God work. Don't divorce until you see God work in your marriage. Don't just give up and die because they gave you a bad report in your body until you see God work. Can I ask another question I've asked? I'm trying to figure this out, God. I love you. Why am I going through this? Here's the interesting thing. I love you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm a man that repents when he sins. I come to Jesus every day. I pray. I serve you. I release my heart to you. I'm a worshiper. Why am I going through this? Write this down. Just because you're saved does not mean you're not going to go through something. This world is evil. When Adam fell, when Adam fell, a sin nature came upon this world. A sin nature. Unforgiving nature. 
Hatred was never part of our world. Poverty was never part of our world. Death was never part of our world. Hunger was never part of our world. This is a sinful place we live in. It is ungodly. That's why Jesus wants to live inside us. Because the world we live in is not right. You can say it out loud. It ain't right. You know it ain't right. You know it ain't right. But you can't wait for this world to get right. You give your life to him. In the instance you give your life to him, the world becomes right to you. Am I making sense? I bet you've asked this question. If Jesus loved me, why is he taking so long? I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. Typically, when I call my friend, though, they text me back. I'm calling on Jesus, and he has not intervened. I mean, I'm sending up smoke signals, flares. I'm paying other people to pray for me. You can get a prayer through. Would you call out to God for me? I need an A on this test. And I hear nothing. Hey, 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 can you imagine the conversation? Conversation. Conversation between Lazarus and Mary. Mary, I'm feeling pretty bad. Don't worry about it, Lazarus. Why? Jesus is coming. How do you know he's coming? I invited him. He always comes. What do you mean? You know, we built a room for him. Every time he comes through Bethany, he stays with us. This is his house in our city. We know exa- I know exactly where he is. I've already sent word. And they came back and told me. They told him, he's going to be here, Lazarus. Hang on, buddy. Hang on, Jesus is coming. Hang on, Jesus is coming. Hang on, Jesus is coming. The problem is, you ain't Jesus. And you don't think like he thinks. Sometimes when God's getting ready to do something big in your life, if he really loves you, it means you've given him permission to teach you how to live. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, when, now, now I'm not talking, I'm not talking to people because you're not going to understand this. I haven't, listen, I came to church today because I was supposed to come. I'm not Christian. I don't serve God. I don't know him like that. We ain't got that kind of relationship. I'm not necessarily talking to you in this vein. But for those of you who have said to God, God, I'm your child. You have given your heart to him. You've asked him to sit on the throne of your life. You've asked him to be Lord and Savior of your life. He thinks he's in charge of growing you up. He thinks he's Lord of your life. He thinks he can challenge you. He thinks he can tell you what to do. He thinks he can test you. He thinks he can prove you. He thinks he can burn up your wheat, your hay, and your stubble until you're pure gold. Am I getting weird? That's what he thinks. In the last three or four years, I've watched God burn us in the fire. Some stuff we thought wasn't in us. 
We found out it was in us. We said we were loving and we found out we were hateful. We said we loved all people, but we found out we got some issues in our hearts against some people. We said we wanted to follow God, but as soon as God challenged us, we're like, look, I'm going to find me a place to go where no, nobody bother me. We thought we were there, and God says, let me, let me get you ready for that great day. The Lord is getting us ready for that. Everybody thinks that great day is going to heaven. No, the great day is when you finally arise, show up on earth. The real you, the powerful you, the anointed you. God is getting you ready for that great day. If you're not used to this, I'll be done hollering in about 15 minutes. <laughs> if he loves me, where is he? He is in your life right now, standing on the backside, waiting for some stuff in you to die. He's in your life, quietly, watching how you go through situations. Seeing if you can walk in trepidation. See if you can have peace where there's no peace. See if you'll just obey when it's impossible to obey. <laughs> Baby, this is the tithe. I told my wife, I said, this is the tithe. We've never been here before in our life. I don't know what this means. I don't know what it means, babe. But this is the money we had set aside for groceries. But we're on our way to church today. I can't buy groceries with it. I just can't. Now, I can't. Now, I'm talking about me. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Don't, I'm not talking about you. I can't. She said, I can't either. I said, whoa, what happened? She said, I grew up in a tithing family. I'm not going to eat this. She said, I was just hoping you agreed. What's in your heart? What's in your life? Jesus now is saying these words. I'm waiting two extra days so I can show the glory of God. Could God be sitting on the outside of your life waiting for the right moment when all of Jerusalem is at your house, when your mama and them and your nephews and your nieces and everybody who don't know God looking at you dying, dead, and they're like, why couldn't Jesus heal them? They, they love Jesus. What if he's waiting till the last moment while everybody is there, and then he's just going to raise you up and let you be a spectacle of his goodness? What if that's the plan of God? What if God's plan is to show up and show out in your life and show people how good he is, how big he is, She's hanging out. They're hanging out with Jesus. Jesus is trying to tell them who he is. He's trying to tell them what's getting ready to go on huh, here. And he's trying to tell them something. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Write this down. He says, I'm the resurrection. If you need to take a picture of it, take a picture of it. Can't write that fast. This is what Jesus said. This is what it says. This is what it says when you interpret it. Jesus is saying, you don't have to wait for the great resurrection on the last day. You don't have to wait until... Hallelujah. You don't have to wait until I come back to, in the sky and crack the sky. 
You don't have to wait for that to be resurrected. He says to all the saints, I am the resurrection. I cause whatever's dead inside and outside of you to live again. I'm the cause of you rising. Secondly, he says, I'm the life. Jesus is the reason for living to those who are alive. I am the resurrection. I don't have the resurrection. I, can I go Mississippi on you? I is the resurrection. I is it. I don't have it. I don't give it. I am it. Everything about me is resurrection. Nothing about me is death. Everything about me is raising up. Everything about me is restoration. Here's a question. Now he's getting ready to challenge them. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. He said, where did you bury him? Can I ask you a question? Now don't look around, don't grunt, and don't fidget, because people are going to know it's you. Okay? Where did you lay your last dream? Where did you bury it? Where did you lay down and give up on what God showed you? Where is it buried? When did you decide to give up? What day was it? What month of the, what year was it? What was the situation that brought you to say, I'm done. I'm not going to believe God no more. Where is it? Where is it buried? Where is it buried? Where, where is the stuff that you just want to forget about? but it comes up in your mind every morning. Where is the thing that you believe God spoke to you as a child, but you just buried it, you left it back there? Ask your neighbor, where is it? 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 Where did you lay it down? Where did you lay it down? Where's the stone? Where's the grave? Where's the child you gave up on? Where are the relationships you gave up on? Where are the promises that God made to you that you gave up on? He wants you to answer the question, where did you bury him? Where did you put him? When did you give up? When did you wash your hands? When did you finally tell God, God, I'm coming to heaven, but I'm coming wounded? When did you decide all the songs? See, okay, I grew up in the South, and I know y'all get tired of hearing it, but it's who I am. It's where I'm from. And I grew up singing the old songs. Old songs. As a matter of fact, I was in a world-famous group that sung the songs, the original songs. And we would sing songs like, I'm coming, Lord. I might be crippled, but I'm coming. <laughs> I might be poor, but I'm coming. I might be sick, but I'm coming. Those stupid, I mean, those ignorant songs built an idea in our heads that it was okay to come to God and go to heaven broke, go to heaven sick. And it was not true. I had to go back to where I gave up, gave up on relationships. I had to go back where I gave up on being healthy. I had to go back and find out where I buried my wealth ideas. What happened to you? Where did you bury them? Where'd you bury your dreams? Let the resurrected Christ go to that gravesite. Take him to the gravesite. I'm telling you, it's worth spending the money. Get on a plane. Get in a car, a taxi, a jitney, an Uber, a, a Lyft, or something. 
chopper. Go back to the place and say, God, this is where I lost it. This is where it all fell apart for me. This is where I gave up. And just stand there because you ain't got to do nothing now. If you can get Jesus in front, if you can get Jesus in front of the grave, He is a resurrector. Say it. I am the resurrection and the life. Couple more questions. Couple more questions. Jesus wanted to ask them, He says, uh, roll away the stone. Watch this now. What is the stone? What is the stone? What is the stone? The word stone here means tablet. It's the same word derivative in the Greek and Hebrew of where Moses wrote down the law. Watch me now. Watch me. Jesus says, roll away the tablet. Let me explain. Don't miss this. There are laws that govern your breakthrough. Ooh, ooh that felt good. Okay, 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 hold on. There are laws. There are laws that govern your dreams. Watch this now. Jesus submitted to these laws. Watch what Jesus did. Jesus did not go to the stone. He said, you roll it away because he was a priest. And there was a law that if he came 50 feet to a dead body, he would be unclean. Then they could have arrested him on the spot and put him in jail and crucified him early. So he stayed 50 feet away from the grave and said, y'all roll the stone away. There are laws that govern your breakthrough. If you're going to get breakthrough in your life, only Jesus can overrule some of the laws. Okay. Time is a law. Only Jesus can overrule time. Death is a law. Once you're dead on this earth, your body, if you're, when your loved one dies, their body no longer belongs to you. It's the law. Not going, they might let you take Ralph, Ralph, Fifi, and bury them in the backyard, your dog or your cat. But they're not going to let you take a loved one and bury them in your backyard. You're on the laws. Jesus says, I want to show you how to roll the stone away. Everything that you believe is a law that keeps you from doing it. I'm 99 years old, but my dream is to have a baby. I'm staying out of that. What I'm saying, though, is if God wants you to have a baby, you guess what? You're going to have a baby nursing and your teeth in the glass at the same time. Jesus overrules the laws, all the laws that says you can't. He says, are you ready to deal with that? Are you ready to roll those away? Here's my question, though, because most of us don't want to take him to our grave site. We don't want to let him in our family. 
We don't want them to sit down with us in our marriage. We don't want God to come to a family meeting with our kids. We don't want God to see our budget. We don't want God to see what we eat in. We don't want to bring God in here because we don't want God to deal with what Jesus had to deal with. We don't want God to see our stinking life. Here's the next question. If I can smell it, is it too late? Martha said, you cannot roll this stone away. There's a law that prevents us from rolling the stone away, and that is my brother stinks now. Okay, I, I, I don't want to be gross. I don't want to be gross. But I had to study this so I could begin to understand the law. Okay. He's been dead five days. He's been in a grave, four of them. We're not embalming. We're not shooting nothing and nothing to preserve nothing. That's not what we do. Because when we get resurrected, we don't, okay, okay. we don't want nothing to be changed in our body. Okay, I get that. I get it. But don't be worried about all that. Don't be worried about what, if you want to be cremated, be cremated. Do what you got to do. If you, if you want to don donate organs, do all that stuff. But none of it has to do, well, I want my body together when Jesus comes to get me. Listen, if Jesus created you, he can find every hair on your head, no matter where it is. When you get resurrected, he's going to pull you from everywhere, and boom, there you are. And it's not going to be no natural body, no way. So we can get over it. Whatever you want to do at your funeral, do it. Are, are you with me at all? Yes. Here it is. Five days you did. Let's talk about day one. Day one, soon as you die, everything that was in your body working for you starts working against you. The gases in your stomach, all the enzymes are no longer eating food. They're eating you. Everything that's digesting, all your blood, everything stops. Your blood sinks to the lowest point of your body. If you're laying down on your stomach or your back, your, your blood goes there. Your blood coagulates. Now it's not giving life, it's bringing death. Are you here? Within 24 hours, if no one finds you, the ants find you. The flies find you. The stuff inside your body that your body was keeping at bay comes alive and starts to eat you from the inside out. Give somebody a high five and say, just wait on him. I know he's gross. Just wait on him for just a minute. There are doctors in here. There are, there are people in here who know what I'm talking about. I'm, I, I, I welcome your email, Pastor. That ain't in day one. It's in day three. Okay, I get it. I get it. The flies come and they lay eggs. In your nose, your eyes, your mouth, and other parts we can't talk about. They hatch in just a few hours. And the maggots start to eat you. The flies mature and fly away with pieces of you. Everything that's eating you from the inside is now bloated. Day two, day three, you're bloated. You, you are, you know, roadkill. Everything inside of you is trying to get out. At the end of day three, it starts to come out through every orifice you have. Everything inside of you starts to come out and find its way in your body, out of your body. Y'all okay? Huh? 
Your body is literally liquefying itself and giving itself back to Mother Earth. You've been smelling now since day two. And I'm telling you, you stink. It's amazing how my life can stink so much and I'm the last one to know it. Day five, you can't be in the room with me. The smell of my body, the, 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 the flies, the, 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 the maggots, the everything that's eating away at me is now evident to everybody. Am I making sense? Here is what I'm saying to you. Those physical laws, Jesus can break them. When he called Lazarus to come out of that grave, every maggot, every fly had to come back and give back everything they took from this body. The blood had to start working again. The organs that begin to decompose, all the toxins in the liver and the kidneys, all of that stuff had to start working again. Come on, tell somebody it's not too late. Your life may be stinking now, but Jesus breaks the law. Tell somebody it's not too late. It's not too late for your family. Someone watching me, watching me, watching me now. It's not too late for your family. It's not too late for your business. It's not too late for your marriage. It's not too late for your children. It's not too late for you even though there's a diagnosis. It's not too late. Watch him now. It's not too late for you if you can believe. Belief. What is belief? What is belief? Belief is the power to decide how you use your faith. What did I say? Belief is the power to decide. Say it, say it with me again. Belief is the power to decide. I don't see you writing it down. Humor me. Play like you're writing it down. Belief is in my power to decide how I use my faith. If I want to use my faith on a rabbit's foot, it's my decision. If I want to use my faith on a horseshoe, it's my decision. If I want to use my faith in myself, it's my decision. If I decide to use my faith in God, it's my decision. Belief is where I put my faith, how I put it to work. And Jesus says, if you would believe, <laughs> if you would decide to believe, you would see the full weight, the glory of God. If you choose to believe, all of God will come to your gravesite. 
If you would choose to believe in the King of Kings, Meshua HaMashiach, if you could believe in the Lord of Lords, if you could believe in him, then he in all his glory will come to this grave today. If you believe in him as the resurrection and the life, he can come to right where you are, where everything stinks. And make it live. But faith has to be applied. Am I making sense at all? So watch this now. Watch this. Jesus says to him, what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? How did he say it? The Bible says he shouted. He's 50 feet, 30 yards, whatever away. He's talking to Lazarus in the grave. Stone is rolled away. He's talking to him. Lazarus! Come forth! I know y'all watch the movies. Watch the movies of the Middle East, uh, of, in the Middle East. Y'all call it the Middle East. It's really Northern Africa. Get over it. You watch these movies, and the people in the movie don't look like the people who are actually living there. And they got British accents. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth with. Mm -mm. Wasn't cute. It was the master of the sea. It was the master of the dead and the master of the living. It was the master that made everything great. It was the master that can restore everything, speaking from eternity, speaking from heaven, speaking from the authority of God given to him. Lazarus, come forth. I'm not asking you, why did he say Lazarus? If he didn't say Lazarus and just said come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have gotten up. He had to say Lazarus of Bethany. Martin, come forth. Linnell, come forth. Say your name. I said, say your name. I said, say your name. I said, say your name. Now say your name and tell yourself. In the name of Jesus to come forth. Say it. Martin, come. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Keep saying it over and over. 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 I say to you today in the name of Jesus, whoever you are, come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Come out of the grave. Now watch this now. Watch this. Is it possible? Is it possible to be saved 
Is it possible to love Jesus? Is it possible to be resurrected and still have on grave clothes? You're saved, but your hands and your feet are bound. There's no dancing anymore. There's no clapping anymore. You've got a napkin tied around your face. You don't praise anymore. You don't worship anymore. You're not clapping. You're not lifting your hands. You're not walking in power and in purity. You're not walking in dominion no more. You've left this thing buried and you've given up and you've just said, as long as I can make it in, as long as I can get to heaven, I'm going to be good. But your Savior, Jesus, is not satisfied with you just living and going to heaven. So here's the last thing I want to do. His last instructions were this. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus has done his job. Then he told them, loose him. Let him go. Watch him now. Watch Jesus. Watch Jesus. He says, people around you, I'm going to give you power to help take off their grave clothes. I want you to go through your life unbinding people. Let them go. Let them go. I want you to go through your life untie their feet. You don't, you don't need them to do anything for you. Just untie their feet. Untie their hands. When you're in people's lives, take that napkin from around their heads so that they can see, smell, and taste. 